Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Reese and I will be solo hosting you through this week. In fact, I'm doing a couple solo things. So Hot Take Mondo is out. He is uh, filling in at the opera gig. I'll tell you more about that later. And also my wife is out at a focaccia making class. So I am single hosting and single dog parenting. Sorry, I was a little echoey with a little bit of a fan in the background. Uh, just took Bowie out. We're playing a bit of bit of a balancing game here. So I knew the only way to get Bowie to chill long enough to do a podcast would be to take him outside on a long walk. The only downside to that is that it's like a hundred flipping degrees outside. So Bowie is exhaustedly hot. Like Bowie does not like rushing water. It's just kind of a thing he doesn't like. We we walked by a fountain in Riverside, and it's it's like a surface level fountain, you know. So concrete just has water spraying out of it. And he goes and he lies down in the shallow end of the fountain and just gets blasted with everything else. He's like, I don't care, dude. He's like, it's it's either this or nothing. So he's currently in here with a fan blowing on his uh, underbelly. He's a hot little boy. So we'll see how long he lasts before I have to get him his frozen dinner. And I'll probably just take a little break to do that. But anyway, thank you for joining us again. This is our last podcast before, what is it, season... Is it technically season four next year? Maybe it's season five, technically, if we're going by like when we do our half season season split, if that makes any sense. Because a football season does not constitute a full season of Fountain City Sports Media. We usually go football season, season one, off season is the next season, season two. Football season to be season three, off season to be season four. So we might be on season five starting next week, actually. It'll be interesting. I'll take, a, I'll take some notes. I'll check the receipts and I'll come back with some answers. But before then, I just want to give you a quick shout out for social media. You can check us out on Instagram at Fountain City SM, where we update the podcast with some memes, snippets of each episode, and also just Kansas City Chiefs updates. So find us on Instagram, follow us. We'll follow you back. We do. A thousand people on Instagram will let you know we do follow you back. And uh, yeah, interact with us. Also, whatever platform you're listening on right now, be it Spotify, which I think is our biggest user subscriber base, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher's not there, so whatever else people use these days. If you could just take like five seconds right now, pause this podcast, hit pause, go subscribe to this podcast, rate or review this podcast. I know some systems have different things. And just share this podcast. That is completely free. That is completely free. But if you want to throw us a cup of coffee a month, you are more than welcome to do that at patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you get outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive miniseries, including Speedy and Angry, our 10-part in-depth deep dive into the Fast and Furious franchise. Our episode reviewing Fast X just dropped last week. So we are all up to date on the Fast and Furious films. So if you want our in-depth, deep dive knowledge on the films, on the characters, on the plot progressions, and of course, the cars, I co-host that miniseries with friend of the podcast, the rad Russian Alex Nikolenko. So check us out at patreon.com backslash FCSM. Some quick house updates. I feel like it's... My job to carry on the Bruce Tool Time segment, even though Armando's not here. Uh, spent all Labor Day fixing a whole house attic fan, which if you've ever been in a house built like before 1990, there's a good chance that one of these bad boys is in the ceiling somewhere. It's awesome because it does exactly what it sounds. It's a fan that pulls hot air out of the house and just like pulls it through the roof. So it gets all that nasty stagnant air. 
So the best part is if you open like a window and a sliding glass door and you just do that bit by bit, in the mornings, all that fresh air legit cools down your house by like three or four degrees just magically. No AC. I think it works more efficiently than the AC. You definitely feel a current more than you feel the AC. So I spent a good time polishing and cleaning that bad boy up. Some other things I did, a uh, big thing was essentially sanding all the walls on the second floor of the house, minus the kitchen and bedroom, which we've already done, and uh, spackling those bad boys and getting ready to be primed and painted. Uh, that was the entirety of my weekend. I, of course, got some grilling in there, cracked some delicious beers from Topping Goliath and James, what is it? Uh, not Jamestown Brewing. It's like Jamesburg Brewing in Michigan. My, my in-laws brought some back with them, and it's pretty solid stuff. Pretty solid stuff. So anyway. I want to uh, talk about some other things going on this week, mainly the Chiefs' first game of the season. They are opening against the Detroit Lions. It is a banner-hosting ceremony. It's going to be big. It's going to be wild. And Chris Jones is not going to be there. So I just want to kind of dissect this game into three points. Uh, essentially, well, six points. Three reasons why the Kansas City Chiefs will beat the Detroit Lions and three reasons why the Detroit Lions will beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to start with number one, the obvious one I just mentioned being Chris Jones will not be there for the game. Uh, this is huge. It's huge for multiple reasons. Uh, we'll start with number one. Our pass rush will not be as potent without Chris Jones. He's the only one that can operate in that two and three spot to be able to go through the tackle in the center. Uh, we have some nose tackles, but they don't get to the passer. They're more big run stuffers uh, than Chris Jones, who is good at eating up and blowing up the center of that defensive line. I'm not so much worried about Chris Jones playing at the edge. I know that's where he got that game-clinching sack against Joe Burrow in the playoffs, but Chris Jones has never been particularly effective at the edge, uh, even if that's what he thinks he is. But... Uh, yeah, the other thing being we have a lot of young players in that secondary, which I know last year a lot of them kind of were able to tread water and they were able to punch above their weight. But when you don't have Chris Jones wrecking havoc on that defensive line, the quarterback has more time to get his feet steady, to go through his progressions, to do his reads. And I think this young secondary is going to be far more tested than they were last year. Were they fool's gold? Are they ready to play a much quicker release time from other quarterbacks considering they won't have Chris Jones running down their throat we're gonna find out the counter side of these things is Detroit being that Detroit has a pretty decent offensive line led by Panay Sewell aka the not Jamar Chase guy that they should have drafted in Cincinnati uh, they also have Gibbs that first year running back they picked up in the draft in the first round and I tell you what I think Detroit's going to do their darndest to keep long, sustained drives in this game. I think we're going to get punished, particularly on the offensive line front. We won't be able to get penetration. We won't be able to stuff lanes. Gibbs is going to be a very versatile weapon, we've been told. They're going to use him as a bit of an everything player. And I think they'll have a lot, lot, lot of rushing room on the ground. And I think on the flip side of that is that I think at secondary, especially, we have a lot of new linebackers and a lot of new safeties in the room this year. I'll tell you what, we're going to have to see if they bite on play action because that is Jared Goff's bread and butter. We've seen it all his career. If you give him a running game that can set tempo and set pace, he will eat you up on that play action. Now, I don't think Jared Goff is that great of a quarterback, all things considered. I think Kirk Cousins is considerably better than Jared Goff is. Mainly because Goff is very streaky. 
He has been his whole career. There are times where it's like, oh, look at him. He, he's living up to that first-round draft pick. And it's like, yeah, but I would say two or three games out of every four, he looks completely lost like a deer in the headlights. Not terrible, but kind of lost. So that is reason number one why the Kansas City Chiefs will lose to the Detroit Lions. Reason number two, Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in practice today. That's right, going to lose one of our top players on both sides of the ball. Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee late in practice. The good news is initial MRI results say it looks like his ACL is intact. We'll have a better idea once more swelling continues to go down in his knee. Uh, wide receiver Sky Moore said that at the end of the play he was on, he just kind of turned around and saw Travis pull up and was kind of limping off the field. So that's good. You can walk on a torn ACL, but the fact they've given it an MRI, we now have walking and we have MRI. So that's usually if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. All we need to be told now is that it is diagnosed as a duck and not a lame duck. But losing Travis Kelsey is huge. I don't have to go into this any more than I really have to. He has five straight seasons of 1,000 yards receiving. He's been our most potent offensive threat since and even before Tyreek Hill was here. Uh, Greatest tight end of all time and Patrick Mahomes' favorite target. Especially when we were playing a defense as soft as Detroit's, there was hope that Travis Kelsey would be the one extending drives for us, particularly finding soft spots in their zone coverage on third down, which is his bread and butter. But without Patrick Mahomes' favorite target on the field, we are really going to see what these young wide receivers have. I've told you before, I'll tell you again, I think they're all very talented. However, they are all incredibly unproven. Not to mention Kadarius Tony's still pulling up with a knee injury. There's hope that he's going to play, but to what degree? We don't know just yet. Reason number three, what I just mentioned, this is a very different looking Kansas City Chiefs team compared to last year. Now, I know we're returning a lot of players on the defensive side of the ball and even on the offensive side of the ball. That offensive line in the backfield, all those guys, pretty potent. But the problem is, like I mentioned, we have a lot of still very young players in the secondary. We have a lot of new players in the secondary. And on the offense, we have seven capable wide receivers, but seven unproven wide receivers. It's so funny that this team can seem so familiar, but in terms of chemistry and gelling, it's going to be so foreign compared to what we finished with last year. I think the offense, especially now with Travis Kelsey being gone, might struggle to find a rhythm. Now, we've talked about it. The Detroit does not have a very good defense, ranked nearly dead last last year in a lot of defensive metrics. But when you lose your most potent offensive weapon and you're trying to kind of eh, potentially put together beef bourguignon on a ground beef budget with our wide receiver room, it might eventually catch up to you. Especially if Detroit continues with those long sustained drives on the ground that I'm worried about and we wind up trading potential touchdowns for field goals. At a certain point, I hope this doesn't have to turn into a Patty Magic game because I love Patrick Mahomes. I know he can pull a lot of things out of his rear end, but we've seen it before. At a certain point, the man is only human. He is only human. So I'll be very interested to see how this young Kansas City Chiefs team plays out against the Detroit Lions. Not a good team, not a bad team. 
but a solid team and a dangerous team. Now, here are the three reasons why I think the Kansas City Chiefs will defeat the Detroit Lions. Number one, let's take a peek at their schedule. Now, I know the big thing about Detroit last year was that they started 1-6, and six, and they finished on a very hot winning streak, winning five out of their last six and six of their last eight. Now, here's the thing, though. I always look beyond the numbers. And we have to look at the schedule that Detroit was playing last year. And I'll tell you what, it was not very good. If we're going to go down that last six, seven game stretch, let's be generous here. If they, let's say they won five of their last six, the five you're looking at, very impressive win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I think that was right before they turned the corner on their season. A win over the Minnesota Vikings, who last year we said were a very good but not great team that probably had the coin flip in their favor more times than not. 2017 went over the New York Jets. Yeah, but by season's end last year, the Jets weren't very potent. Their defense was good, but they had no quarterback play whatsoever. A loss at the Carolina Panthers, which, again, Carolina was a stanky team last year. A resounding win over the Chicago Bears. And a season-ending win for Green Bay at Green Bay 20-16. to now, I don't necessarily buy the Packers last year. Congratulations, you won at Lambeau, but that was about as dysfunctional as we've seen the Packers during the Aaron Rodgers era. That was not your typical Aaron Rodgers-led team, and subsequently, they tried to do too little too late. Chicago, it's Chicago. They were terrible last year. Carolina, not good. I already told you about the Jets, Vikings, and Jaguars. So, all things considered... Yeah, they won some games, but it's not like they beat anyone staggeringly good in that stretch. Let's pull it back another two weeks. If you want to go to their uh, game before Jacksonville, they played the Bills shockingly tough at Ford Field on Thanksgiving. I will give them that. But that was also right around the time when the Bills season started nosediving. Week before that, they beat the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. So... I would say those last two games are almost more impressive than their final six games, in my opinion. But still no resounding victories there that make me think, oh, wow, they turned the corner and beat X team. Not quite. Not quite. They do have a fairly potent offense. But like I said, Jared Goff is hot and Jared Goff can be very cold. But let's just pump the brakes on talking about that big win streak they went on last year. I think if they were playing an AFC schedule last year, that five of six does not happen. It does not happen. So that's reason number one why the Kansas City Chiefs will beat the Detroit Lions. Reason number two, the coaching staff. Now, it's very impressive what Matt Campbell's wound up doing in Detroit. He's had some pretty solid seasons there, and the teams are actually making step-by-step progress for a program that really bottomed out and has been bottomed out for the better part of the last 15, 20 years. Heck, if we want to go even farther, we can say since Barry Sanders was there. But I am pleasantly surprised at the job Matt Campbell's doing. He seems to be a very, very good players coach in that the players that he is coaching buy into what they're saying, that the coaching staff is saying. They buy into Matt Campbell, the person. He's good at getting them fired up. And you know what? Having chemistry in a team that's together in the locker room is incredibly important. Here's the flip side of things, though. I'm not convinced Matt Campbell is all that good of a coach. I think he's got a good staff put together around him. 
And I think it's a very cohesive staff in the sense of you have your player coach and Matt Campbell, your manager almost, and then you have your X's and O's guys and your coordinator, which, which are very important. Don't get me wrong. But we're going to compare that to Andy Reid. Andy Reid, who is arguably a top three coach of all time. I say arguably a top three coach of all time, but he ain't Andy Reid. So I'll be very interested to see how deep in the playbook Andy can dig. We've seen in the past before in these week one games with Andy Reid, this is the week where he sometimes has the best script he'll have all season. He's been like sitting on it all off season. He's not trying anything too fancy, but he's like, we're just going to like put the pedal to the metal and go out there, punch him fast, punch him hard. Before you know it, it's 27 to 10 late in the fourth quarter. That's what I'd like to see in this situation. I've also thought this, and this is just my opinion on something. Isn't it so weird that for the type of dude that Matt Campbell is, the way he's built, you know, this big like 6'5", 255-pound WWE-looking pro wrestler dude, that he's an offensive coach? Wouldn't you think, looking at Matt Campbell, watching Matt Campbell, hearing Matt Campbell, that he's like an old-fashioned, three yards in a cloud of dust defensive coach? Biting off your kneecaps? Biting off your kneecaps isn't something you say about a high-flying offense. It's something you say about like the 85 Bears or the Legion of Boom or something like that. Or even on an offensive philosophy. We got five big uglies across the offensive line. They're going to eat your kneecaps and we're going to run on you for three yards in a cloud of dust. It's so funny. I find a dichotomy because like you compare him to someone like McDaniel down at Miami. And it's like, you know, he's the small, dweeby, vape-smoking guy who, yeah, it's like you would believe he's using this like money ball analytics and seeing between the numbers, and that's why his offense is so potent. And then you see Matt Campbell, like I said, big old Goliath-looking dude, would be the defensive son to the Mike McDaniels moon. But it's not the case. They're both offensive gurus, apparently, which that's just my own personal anecdote. I'd be curious to hear what you think on that one. But that's coaching staff, number two. Number three. We do have the better quarterback in this game. Now, quarterback can only do so much, but we've seen it in the past with other teams, how important of a linchpin the quarterback is. I, I know this sounds like a cop-out. Oh, we got a better quarterback, two-time Super Bowl and MVP and Super Bowl MVP champion. But, I mean, let's go back to the Indianapolis Colts, and they seemed so infallible in that run in the 2000s and early 2010s But what happened the year that Peyton Manning got that neck injury and he had to go out? They were so bad. There were jokes of Peyton Manning winning the MVP simply by not playing and seeing how bad that team was without him. Now, I'm not saying the Chiefs would completely fall apart without Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it before. Andy Reid's a good enough coach. There's a good enough supporting staff. The dudes like Matt Moore can kind of batten down the hatches and hold steady in Patrick Mahomes' absence. But, man, I tell you what, it's potentially, it's going to be a big game. It's going to be the banner unfurling ceremony. Arrowhead's going to be loud. Arrowhead's going to be mad. Patrick Mahomes behind the helm. That's one reason why the Kansas City Chiefs will beat the Detroit Lions. Detroit also is a very suspect defense to pair in with that. They really didn't make any changes this offseason that would suggest otherwise. They didn't overhaul the defense or their scheme. Yes, they added Jack Campbell. Shout out to Cedar Falls High School, my alma mater. That dude's awesome. But 
was he the pick they should have used in the first round in that position? Maybe not. Maybe not. That's not a defensive overhauling move. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, if I had to put a final line on this game of who I think is going to win, I think the naysayer in me is actually leaning towards the Detroit Lions. If I'm like looking through my time stone like Dr. Strange is, you know, he's sitting there meditating, his like head's jerking every which way. The one outcome that I see happening a lot is the Kansas City Chiefs lose, the Detroit Lions win, and for the next like four to seven days of the media cycle, we get, oh my gosh, Detroit Super Bowl favorites in week NFC question mark exclamation point. With the flip side of that coin being, oh my gosh, is it time to panic for the Kansas City Chiefs? Is this all over? Should Andy Reid retire? I really see that happening. Also, the fact that let's flash forward, flash forward, let's turn back the clock. Alex Smith's last year as a starter, Kareem Hunt's rookie year. We walk into Foxborough, big bad Patriots team coming off of a banner ceremony. It's their night. We go in there, we mollywop them. I can't remember the final scores in that game, but it was like, I think we won like 41-24 or something like that. It was bad. We scored like 30 unanswered points on them. Kareem Hunt, 144 all-purpose yards, beat him on a post route. Dude, it was incredible. That being said, what does that sound like? Hi there, my name's Gibbs. I'm the new rookie running back at Detroit. Oh, hey, Kansas City. That's a wonderful flag-bearing ceremony you have. It would be terrible if one of us stepped in and just completely ruined it for you. This could be bad. Could be bad. I wouldn't read too much into this if the Chiefs lose. We all know Steve Spagnuolo has slow starts on defense, and if they add Chris Jones back at some point, this defense could get decent again, but we don't know. We got a lot of young wide receivers in this team. They could gash Detroit every which way. They might not know where the punches are going to come from, especially with Travis Kelsey being out. But they also might fold under the pressure, and this might not be it. We saw some of them like Rasheed Rice and Richie James looking really good in the preseason. That was the preseason against a lot of bad teams and second-string players. This is the real league right now. We got the Detroit Lions. We got the first-string Detroit Lions defense, which is still better than the Arizona Cardinals' second-string defense. So it'll be very interesting to see. But given Travis Kelsey being gone, I think that's bigger than Chris Jones being gone. I thought when Travis Kelsey was healthy, there was a chance this was a nice, ugly shootout that we wind up winning like 38-35 on a last-second field goal or something like that. But part of me sees this being a case where it's, you know, get the ball back at 45 seconds. We need to get seven points for the win. Mahomes throws an interception, and the season's off to about as bad of a start as he could possibly think of. Or as good of a start if you're a Bills slash Bengals slash AFC fan. But if I had to guess right now, I'm going to say final score, Lions 33, Chiefs 23. 24, Chiefs 24, I changed my mind. 33-24, Lions. I think it would be a big statement game for Detroit, but too soon to judge them. I think it'll be a sad loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, but Lord willing, Travis Kelsey will come back. Chris Jones at some point, if he knows what's good for his contract, will come back. And uh, there's a whole lot of season left. The NFC game, I wouldn't lose my mind.
Very last thing I want to talk about is just a quick update on the Chris Jones situation. Now, it came out recently in an article from Mike Florio that it would appear as though the Kansas City Chiefs are being the unreasonable ones and lowballing Chris Jones, offering him a three-year deal worth about $24.6 million, which is like .1 or 2 above what Quinn and Williams just got. Yeah. If that's the case, then that would be a super lowball. Now, the flip side of that coin is it's recently been leaked from a few sources that what the situation is is that Chris Jones is, in fact, asking for Aaron Donald money. And the way that the Chiefs are trying to oblige that is that with the money that's been guaranteed to Chris Jones, they've been saying, well, this is kind of a three-year, 70, what was it, $76 million, which equates to about $24.8 million a year, whatever that number, exact number is. What the actual situation is, is the Chiefs are essentially giving Chris Jones two years, $64 million guaranteed. So what this actually is, is they're essentially offering him a two-year contract extension. He rides out the final year of his contract this year in which he's still a top 10 defensive paid player at $20 million a year. And then they're giving him two years at 64 or $32 million a year for those two years, which, surprise, surprise, is Aaron Donald money. Now, the only reason that, tra- that, uh, excuse me, that Chris Jones wouldn't take that deal would be because he wants three years at Aaron Donald money. This is the tricky thing. Nick Wright was one of the first to report that. Now, Nick Wright, Kansas City radio host, Kansas City born and raised. He's great. We love him here. He's a Chiefs homer. The flip side of that being, the article that was posted by Mike Florio is posted by Mike Florio, who is a Kansas City Chiefs hater. And before Chris Jones, there have been at least two articles on two different Chiefs players this year, including Patrick Mahomes, on Florio basically crying that the team got such a good deal with those players because those players know they can't take top dollar at every position in order to remain competitive and try and build a dynasty over the next five or ten years. Florio has a problem with that. Florio is good at twisting numbers and twisting words to make it sound like the Chiefs are a bad guy. Anyway, Bowie is now starting to give me the sign. The manager's come out of the bullpen. He's pawing at me, and it's uh, time for me to get him his frozen dinner. So I will have to unfortunately go and do that. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast and a preview of the Detroit Lions week one game this Thursday. Uh, Hot Take Mind will be back next week and we will have the opening episode to season five. Thank you for sticking with us this long. We're looking forward to the Chiefs playing this Thursday. Football is back. The Chiefs are back. I can't wait. See you next week. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Fountain City Sports Media.